Hello and welcome back to another wellbeing podcast from Unum. I'm Beth Husted and today we're talking about carers. You may be a carer and working, you may know someone who is a carer who you work alongside and if you don't currently then the chances are you will do in the future. So many of us are now actually juggling looking after relatives, family, children and generally that's while we're working as well. And the impact of such a responsibility can really take a toll on an individual's well-being. And I'm so pleased to be joined today by Angelo McCree, who actually works for the Alzheimer's Society, who supports a lot in terms of uh, carers and individuals living with dementia. So I can't wait for Angelo to tell you about what his job is. It's the best job title ever. Will you just let us know a little bit about yourself and welcome, Angelo. Sure. Thanks, Beth. Uh, nice to meet you and thanks for thanks for having me. Um, so, yeah, so my name is Angelo. I'm the uh, well-being knowledge officer. Um, there's the job title. And um, <laughs> yeah, so I've been doing that for about three years uh, at Alzheimer's Society. Uh, before that, for eight years, I was on the helpline at um, Alzheimer's Society. So I started off as a helpline advisor, then I was helpline coordinator, and then finally I was one of the, uh, I was the weekday supervisor on the helpline. Um, so yes, yeah, so I've been there quite a long time. I kind of deal with obviously the well-being side of dementia. So uh, looking after people with dementia as well as carers, anyone affected by dementia essentially. So. Um, so yes, yeah, so I do kind of training and talks and answer queries. Um, so yeah, that's about it really. That's that's me. I just I I love the that title wellbeing knowledge officer. I think that's what I want to become. I love wellbeing, and that just <laughs> is amazing. You've got all the knowledge when it comes to wellbeing. Perfect. Um, and also so much experience when it comes to that kind of the support. Because obviously we want we we know that we need to support individuals living with you know anybody that needs to be cared for we want to obviously support them but my my role um and what i want to get out of today is to really look at those that are actually providing the care um and there's so so many individuals out there that are often quite silent i think and we don't they well i think we'll talk about it a bit later about um kind of whether they even recognize themselves as carers and whether or not they just think it's their duty but Last year, I actually partnered with Alzheimer's Society, which was great because, you know, we, we work with you as Unum anyway. And we did a webinar on caring and the impact of those working and caring, but more from, from employers, employers having to be aware of their staff and how to support them. But today, I, I just think that there's a massive gap where we need to be focusing on the individual, those individuals that are providing the, the care and whether or not you are an individual that is actually in that situation or if you know somebody, you know, just remembering the support, support that's available and the need for yourself to look after yourself. Um, so I think it'd be sensible maybe to just get started to to share some of the, the information on the amount of carers that there really are, because um, I kind of would hope that from this, some individuals might not feel as alone as they think they, they might be. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, th there is, I mean, uh, there's around 850,000 people with dementia in this country. Mm. Of, of that 850,000, there's about... 700,000 informal carers so that's you know they would be friends and family um, looking after people with dementia now th there was a study and, and at the time of that study it was a few years ago now a third of carers had been caring for five to ten years and around 20 percent of carers had been caring for over 10 years 
So these are really, I mean, these are huge amounts of time uh, and, and huge amounts of people. Um, it, it, it seems like around a third of carers also spend over 100 hours a week being a carer. So again, this is huge, but it's I mean, longer than being at work, isn't it? <laughs> longer than you know, it work. is. If you yeah. Forty hours a week or whatever it is. I mean, yeah, you know. Um, but I do think. I mean, I think the the actual figure is probably higher than that anyway, because if you're a carer, you're gonna, you're not just doing caring tasks. You're, you know, you're making phone calls. You're talking to social care professionals, healthcare professionals. You're doing all these all these other things. Um, and also, when you're not with the person, you're you're going to be thinking about them anyway there's there's a huge emotional impact to caring so i think it's it's more likely you know it's, it's it's 24 hours a day seven days a week really i mean looking at it like that i think 100 hours is actually quite a quite a low number mm. if anything that term informal carers it, make, it makes it sound like it's such a small thing i'm just an informal carer yeah. well, you're not yeah. you're you're providing masses of support for someone like you say the emotional physical psychological toll it's not anything mm. informal about that you're just doing something i mean obviously there's carers allowance and things like that but do it does everybody claim it and are people really you know is it enough to recompense somebody for the amount of time and energy that they're putting putting into it um, and a lot of people wouldn't want to claim to be honest carers allowance a lot of people don't feel as though they are a carer you know we, we kind of touched on it earlier they, they, they might think well I'm not you know I'm the husband or I'm the wife I'm not I'm not a carer you know so they might not consider themselves a carer so they might not then uh, kind of access support including carers allowance you know so that, that that's that's another kind of obstacle I suppose another issue there kind of duty bound this is what I signed up for so therefore yeah. I have to do these yeah. things exactly yeah yeah it's, it's, it, I, I knew that this is an important topic but actually talking about it even more I think oh my goodness there's so many things I, I, I don't don't know um and that's why I love doing these podcasts because it's a learning opportunity for me every time as well um so I, I we just you know touched on it there's a bit there's the the when you're not or they're not with the person that they're caring for they can feel that they're worrying about them there's that kind of you know if it's if, if there's some manual handling required or the physical element plus you know on top of a, a job there's a, a real massive impact of caring on the individual I think I've seen some stats that I may be wrong um, but I'm sure you know if you are a carer you're more likely to stop working in order to actually carry on doing that job particularly women I mean I might be you, you probably know a lot more about this um, but those people that are kind of in pay, paid employment plus caring that must really impact on that individual and, and you know what does that look like for someone? I mean, yeah, the, I mean, the impact is, is, is huge. I mean, uh, I think about, again, there was another study uh, about 7% of carers of working carers said that caring doesn't affect their ability to function at work. So what that means is that 93% of carers um, would say that being a carer does affect their ability to do their job. So, I mean, that's, that's huge. Cause I mean, and it's not really a surprise if you think about what goes into being a carer you know it, it, it's not really a surprise um i mean in terms of the impact though i mean there are a number of things i mean tiredness is a huge problem you know just having caring responsibilities can mean that you're often physically drained mentally emotionally just completely drained wiped out you know um on a practical side some carers 
are likely to not get enough sleep, you know, due to looking after the person or some won't get enough sleep because they're worrying about the person. Um, and I, I think in, in the workplace, I think a lot of the time we would we look at the practical side of things. So we might look at flexible working and things like that. And that obviously has a place and that obviously does help. But I think many carers would feel that it's the it's the emotional side that could be, you know, can be the bigger problem. Um, I mean, in, in, in some ways, if you're a carer and you're not with the person, some in some ways that can actually be more stressful than being with them and looking after them because if you're not with them you you might well be worrying about you know are they okay has something happened you know um with dementia i mean people will that you know there are a number of things you know you, you might think well has the person tried to cook something and left the gas on you know something like that so there's there's all these things as well and all of this can have a huge impact at work um you might find it difficult to concentrate you can't really focus um you might have mood swings i mean there's 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 the impacts really are, are are massive if you think about all the different ways that a person can be affected um i mean another thing is people might uh, people might find work feels kind of unimportant and they might have problems with motivation then um or they might start making mistakes at work and that might impact on their sense of identity, you know, their feelings of confidence or self-worth. Um, so it's 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 very, you know, the the the, the ways that people can be impacted are are are, are kind of multifaceted, really. Um, so there's, yeah, I mean, I I think that there's there's not much um, not much that doesn't get untouched by being a carer it and working exactly yeah it, i think it will it really it pro, it's likely to impact every aspect of your life and that very much will include uh, your working life as well yeah it's just it, i mean i'm seeing so many things here concentration focus mood swings you know the, the how important is work your sense of identity and i think that that really plays into you know that what we see when people are struggling with mental health problems and stress mm -hmm. it's it's all very similar but i'm wondering is is it as simple you know it's a lot easier perhaps for uh, you know i've done case management in my my lifetime and if somebody is struggling with a um, mental health with their mental health or um uh, they've got stress and you can maybe change their working hours change their tasks change something mm -hmm. but it's a lot harder to take away mm -hmm. An entire caring responsibility you can't just remove mm. that from someone so mm. you know are we actually stuck in this situation does it does, is there does it is there a, is it we got to the end and go well you know they've got caring responsibilities that don't work reduce their hours or they uh, have to, to get on with it or is there some other solution that we can be be thinking of you know in your experience yeah i mean i i mean i think that there's there's definitely scope for you know as as we were saying earlier you know flexible working and all, yeah. and all of that that side of things but i think what really should be focused on a lot more is is the kind of emotional side of things um i mean what that would look like in any given workplace will i suppose depend on the workplace i mean yeah. some some uh organizations are very good in terms of um you know employee assistance programs and um you know uh some offer uh helplines or sessions with counselors things like that um it does depend i mean uh, you know that th there might be there might be scope for 
some responsibilities to be taken away from people but then it, it very much depends on the individual as well yeah. though because you know that th there was it was two years ago now there was a piece of research looking at um and it, it basically looking at carers and and uh, looking after people with with dementia and they found that some carers enjoy being at work it's almost an escapism and again it kind of retains this they're able to retain the sense of identity i'm not you know quote unquote just a carer you know this is my role this is my job I, I do this still and i you know and and so there's there's that sense of of identity so so some people might actually prefer not to have many adaptations at work yeah. it, it you know really depends on on the individual i think a bit like being a parent as well isn't it you you like to go yeah. to work because it's a bit you don't have that responsibility yeah. Okay, I mean, we can we can talk a little bit more about the sorts of things that we can do uh, or talk to our, about our, our work um, a, a little bit later, because I think there is an element of that kind of openness. Someone might not even, you know, talking to that individual or asking them what they need is really important. But as an individual, you need to actually know what might help you too and need to reach out and mm. ask. So there's that kind of flexible working awareness of carers piece that needs to come from the employer, but from the employee. Um, you know, you, you need to feel confident that you can actually say, do you know what? I am a carer. It is taking its toll on me. I need potentially, can I have flexible working? What emotional support is out there for me? Um, is there any support groups within the business? Because, you, you know, you've got employee representative groups. I know in some businesses I've worked with, they've actually got carers groups. So other people that are in, you know, have got the same responsibilities can meet with like-minded people. Um, do, you know, those sorts of things, the allowance to have that counselling or the allowance to to be open or what, what, flex, what flexible approach would work for me. I think that's, you know, a really big, big part. The other part I think of mm. it is as well, is that kind of, importance of everybody not just carers everybody needs to look after themselves I actually put something out there on, on LinkedIn today saying well-being is as essential as eating and drinking because we generally think that we need to stay alive that's what we need as our basics to stay alive but I think it's more than that we need to sleep well we need to move we need to laugh we need to socialize all of that you know to keep learning all of those things are essential mm -hmm. elements to the living life and i think unfortunately exactly what you've just said about carers is that they can reduce their their importance in their mind of looking after themselves and they start looking after mm -hmm. the the person they're mm -hmm. caring for becomes their priority and they move down that list of priorities and you know, it's really important to look after yourself, I think, particularly if you're in a more vulnerable position because of the amount of role, you know, hundreds of hours of caring, plus a job, plus probably mm. other life responsibilities. So why is it so important that people need to look after themselves? And 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 what's the dangers of them not? What could else could happen to them? Yeah, I mean, I suppose it's important really for the same reasons that it's important for for everybody to look after themselves you know um i mean th there is that whole it's almost a cliche now that whole thing about looking after yourself so that you can look after another person there's oh the oxygen whole mask. thing about you know there's that example the oxygen mask yeah, yeah exactly yeah, yeah. yeah um you know first before you help someone else and the principle is exactly the same you know it's really important to make sure that you're as healthy and as able as you can be because if you're not then it means you can't help the other person 
or that you can't help them as well as you could do otherwise you know um but for yourself as well i mean if you don't if you don't eat properly your health is likely to suffer because your body's not getting the nutrients it needs you know or the other way if you're overeating that can put additional stress on on your body it can make you feel sluggish have a low mood you know all of those things um again i mean we spoke about sleep i mean if you don't sleep properly this can this this actually can have quite a, a, a large number of detrimental health effects so i mean in the short term you're likely to have co cognitive problems around concentrating and focusing um you probably won't be in the best of moods to be honest either um but i mean in the long term if you know poor sleep can lead to an increased risk of conditions like heart disease diabetes uh, high blood pressure so that so there's a lot you know the, the, there's a lot there uh, you know a lot of reasons to get enough sleep um and we know that carers maybe aren't always able to do that um i mean exercising is another thing you know it's important in terms of looking after yourself especially as a carer because that can be physically very demanding you know uh, i mean you mentioned manual handling earlier i mean exactly that's that's the thing you, it, it it would be very kind of easy to to injure yourself and possibly injure the other person um if you're not physically able to to you know to, to do that um so i mean the dangers really i mean the I, I i suppose firstly the danger is to you but potentially that could then lead to uh detrimental a detrimental impact on, on the person that you're caring um so it's it's not just about looking after yourself for you it's looking after for, after yourself for the person that you're caring for and also for other people in your life you know you, you might have other dependents you might have you know other family um so yeah it's it's just it's it's vital really to to look after yourself the dangers really are are um damaging your your health or yeah you know, potentially health of the person you're caring for so it sounds to me like time can actually be a bit of an element here you know we're saying eat sleep exercise have that emotional support and i completely agree i mean i've been banging this drum forever carer or not carer however as we've just mentioned you know they could be doing minimum of 100 hours a week of caring plus working a full-time job potentially so have you got any um solutions or thoughts you know as as the the well-being knowledge officer like how where can people get this help or mm. support or opportunity for them to actually engage in those essential personal care well-being tasks yeah uh, yeah i mean i suppose that there's a number of uh options really i mean um other other family members or friends if they're around could could help out even if it's just an hour or two hours you know here and there yeah just so that you can take a break you can go and do something else um uh even or, or just just so that you can rest you don't even you wouldn't even need to necessarily plan to go out somewhere just so that you can you know have that break um if that isn't an option i mean there are you know there might be uh, befriending services or sitting services they're called as well um and again that would just give some respite um i don't know i mean it, it, it depending on the situation you know uh, social services could do um you could ask them to do a needs assessment um and they can do a needs assessment for the person with dementia, but also they can do a needs assessment for for the carer as well. And as part of that, they might then look at putting care in place 
not necessarily um you know uh, a, a, a huge amount unless the person needs it um but again maybe just an hour or two hours here and there just as as respite care just so that you've yeah. got that break um, and it doesn't have to be even if it's not even if it's not dementia even if it is any other condition where someone's mm -hmm, a full-time yeah. carer the 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 social services support still there the befriending services can still be there as well mm. yeah oh definitely yeah that's right i mean the needs assessment is there it's not just a dementia related it's for any anything really any any condition um so yeah i mean it's definitely it's definitely worth approaching social services to see how they might be able to help definitely and you mentioned about employee assistance programs um mm -hmm. i know that whether you mean you know have an employee assistance program as part of their the policies that people get and you can ring them for so many different things. So I've rung them before to help with uh, finding local childcare because my childminder um, was no longer supported, you know, working. She was moving to work in a school. And I've known people that have rung because they need help with their caring responsibilities. And and I actually have rung uh, employee assistance program about my child for completely different reasons. Emo like they were struggling with their emotions uh, and they were able to find me support services but also I was able to have a counselling session as well and I think that's the sort of thing that can be so invaluable was I rung just to say I'm crying in the car park outside of work and I'm really struggling with her behaviour and I've rung the school because I dropped off at school and she was in a really bad place and it really impacted me and I've rung them to say what support is out there from a child you know looking after or even suppose caring from my child perspective and they picked up that I was really in a you know a bad place emotionally mm -hmm. and they got me a counseling session as well and that was just so invaluable um just a one-off mm -hmm. to, to talk to someone and you don't feel like you're burdening them i didn't feel like i because that's that they were there to help me so if anyone yeah, ever exactly. you know yeah if anyone is ever in that situation you know look for your employee assistance program and reach out to them because they might even be able to say oh in your local area the social services number is this number they might be able to help you mm. so on and so forth yeah i completely agree with that yeah definitely and, and i think counseling is a is a huge hugely important and hugely effective kind of tool in terms of in terms of being a carer um i mean one of the things that's great about counseling is it's say an hour or 50 minutes of you being able to talk about how everything's affecting you very often as a carer it's it's about the other person, how you're helping the other person, what you can do for the other person, how the other person is being impacted. Um, and it's quite it's quite easy to kind of get lost, to be honest with you, as, as a carer. And, and, you know, you're suddenly your kind of needs kind of get pushed aside, really. So, again, that's one of the great things about counselling is it's about you, you know, you it's about time. how are you, yeah. yeah, exactly. How is this affecting you? And that's really important, I think. That's, um, yeah, I, I hadn't thought of it from that perspective. And you do, you, you, you can, I, I remember feeling like that narcissistically turning it back to myself again. But that idea of <laughs> um, after the kids had been, you know, a baby 
for so long nine months and they're breastfeeding that whole time and I just started to feel so you know claustrophobic and like I love mm. you to pieces mm. but I don't want to be here for breastfeeding as you know as a, as a cow basically for all of the time mm. I just want to be mm. me again and you start to lose your identity so I can completely kind of mm-hmm. um I understand exactly what you mean and and um that must be so it's, it's hard emotionally and then you've got that time that person that you're talking to um on the phone or however you're having your sessions um, it doesn't have to be counseling there's other mental health supports out there but that kind of support can be absolutely invaluable um which yeah. actually leads me on to the 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 lancet report that i've seen and um it's a big old hefty report so if you're listening to this you may well just want to uh take out the couple of highlights that i'm gonna here but it's a, a great report and and I, I the irony really from and, and i didn't go into detail in it so you're probably more of an expert here angelo but the report highlighted that the irony of supporting someone with you know as a carer or even um somebody with dementia that when you don't look after your well-being as much you are higher risk of getting dementia so the irony is you're you're kind of expending all of your energies on supporting somebody else and not looking after yourself and not you know like you say the sleep and the exercise and all of those things that mm. poor well-being can actually increase your risk of getting dementia and I, it just really struck me but I didn't know if there was anything else that you could elaborate on that because you've probably seen that report in a lot more detail than me yeah, I mean it's it's difficult because there isn't kind of a uh, a, com- a completely kind of comprehensive understanding as to why one person will develop dementia while another won't. Um, but in saying that, we yeah, you're right. There, there are risk factors. We know there are risk factors which put people at higher risk of developing dementia. So being a carer, that can change aspects of your lifestyle, which potentially could then put you at a higher risk of dementia. So things like smoking or uh, excessive alcohol consumption. Uh, if you don't exercise, if you don't sleep, if you if you don't if you eat too much, you know, overeating again. Um, so these are all risk factors. Um, I mean, the the Lancet article um, also mentioned things like hypertension, so raised blood pressure, uh, depression, low social activity, and again, all of these things can can result can kind of develop as a result of being a carer. Um, I mean, there are also other risk factors that you can't control. So, uh, you know, uh, your sex, your ethnicity, you know, your genetics, you can't control those. But in terms of controllable risk factors, then there are things that um, as a carer, potentially you're going to be, you're going to have more of a, uh, uh, you're going to have more of a cause to kind of, lean on those things as a crutch so let's talk you know if we're talking about smoking or alcohol for instance yeah so it's just the the risk factors potentially are that a little bit more greater for individuals they're in a in a caring role um so that's it we need to we need to remind you to look after yourself as an individual if you're a carer if you know a carer reach out to them see if they need that you know hours help or respite just so that they can have that kind of me time um if you are a carer don't be afraid to talk to your employer and let them know because every business 
has to legally uh, allow you to even just apply for flexible working if that is just one part of it. But even just letting them know that you have this responsibility outside of work is just mm. so important to, to share because then they can they can potentially support you. They could let you know that there is um, an employee assistance program or even say for, for union customers, we have a help at hand app, which has uh, support that online GP, which could be invaluable if you can't get out and about. It's got physio. It's got um, a mental health sessions, eight mental health sessions, things that, that all of the stuff that Angelo said today are just absolutely vital for individuals who are caring. And you just might not be aware that they exist within your business. Um, so just thinking back to all of the things that we've been so grateful to hear from you today, Angelo, there's, there's hundreds and hundreds of thousands of individuals you know that have been caring for multiple years for hundreds of mm. hours you know a week and they're still considered informal carers you know and they don't they see themselves it's their duty to help rather than just um you know <clears throat> something that they're doing which is extra and and so we might not there might be some even more out there that we don't know about that are just you know suffering in silence and it's not a bad thing we you know it's a great thing to have that caring responsibility but just remember that you exactly what Angelo said you need to look after yourself you might be you might put yourself or your person that you're caring for at a danger because you're you're deprioritizing yourself and your well-being you could be physically mentally emotionally drained which can be impacting on your sleep your exercise so just take hold of any of the support that you have within your workplace if there's an employee representative group or a support group for carers at your workplace if they've got an employee assistance program just give them a call um Make sure that you ask family and friends, even if you can just have a rest for an hour every now and then, or that you could go out and, and do that exercise. Remember to prioritise eating healthy and getting as much exercise and getting that emotional support that you can. And then the last bits that Angelo was talking about were was things like befriending and, and sitting services, contacting social services for, for a needs assessment, not just for yourself, but also for the person that you're caring for, whether they have dementia or, or any other um, kind of issues that require you to, to be that carer for them. Um, you, as an individual, you need to, you know, put your own oxygen mask on and support yourself. Is there anything else that you think that we need to be sharing to take away from today, Angelo? Um, I mean, for, I, I suppose for more information, because um, I mean, I've, I've only kind of scratched the surface with, with certain things. I mean, on, on, on our website, we've got um, information about you know specifically for carers how to look after yourself you know why it's important to look after yourself that kind of thing um, we've got a new carers guide as well which is kind of a, a like a carers book essentially um, so yeah so there's a lot of information on, on our website so if people want to know more they can take a look at that that's some www.alzheimers.org.uk um, and from there you can also access our our support line um, our online community talking point as well. Um, or for anyone who just wants to know more about dementia, you can sign up to Dementia Friends um, as well. So there's, um, I would, you know, if, if anyone has kind of, if anyone's impacted by this at all, I, I would suggest looking at our website because there's, there's lots of avenues for support on there as well. But also there's lots more information. Um, so if you just wanted to read up a bit more, then that would be a, a good place to look.
Oh, that's fantastic. I'm really glad that you were able to share and um, promote that carer's guide and all of those other resources. There's some really amazing stuff. I just absolutely love Alzheimer's UK. I, I volunteer uh, with them myself and the support that you give um, individuals. I, I, I ring a guy every every other week with um, living with dementia, but I also speak to his wife and the support mm. that she has got from you guys has just really been so invaluable, particularly in this last year. So hats off to, to such an amazing charity and just thank you so much Angelo I've I've it's just opened my eyes to, to an issue that I knew was was That's pretty great. serious but the amount of of um, individuals out there thinking about the fact that they don't put themselves first they're constantly thinking about other people um, and that person that they're caring for mm -hmm. so thank you thank you so much and and like I say like Angelo said go onto the website have a look um, thank you very much so just to say join us next month when we actually have an old guest returning to bring us another mindfulness podcast which may be something that would be really useful for you individuals that that are caring or know someone and that that is part of our put the you in july so thank you very much